The Dancepreneuring Studio, Session 48, The Dynamic Duo of Tango and Business. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Session 48 of The Dancepreneuring Studio. My name is Annette Bone, and The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. Every other week, I get the awesome privilege of bringing you some of the best and creative minds who are connected to the art of dance, and I get to share their ideas, their stories, their strategies and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. In our Step to Success segment this week, the sounds of productivity. In our Dancer's Dialect segment, hold me close. In our Freestyle Flow segment, the gratitude groove. And in our feature presentation, It Takes Two to Tango, my interview with the talented and dynamic duo of Homer and Christina Ladas of the Organic Tango School. I'm so thrilled to be sharing this conversation with you. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, this is Homer. And Christina Ladas. And we are the founders of the Organic Tango School. You're listening to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio with Annette Bone. It's profitable to be skillful and wise. Welcome to this week's Step to Success. A step to your success is anything that moves your life or your business forward. Whether it's an app, a book, or an idea, you can apply something today that will help you succeed. I love working remotely and I love working in different coffee shops. I am happy whether I'm in a coffee bean or Starbucks, although I really like these eclectic coffee shops that I find in different areas that have a little bit more character and might not necessarily be part of a franchise. One of them is called The Library. It's in Long Beach. And there's tons of books around. You can actually buy the books for a dollar each if you want. There are photographs, there's artwork, and there are big tables, which I absolutely love. The decor is kind of more dark and antique, which is not really my taste, but I just love getting out of my normal desk area at home and just being able to work remotely. I really love that flexibility. And so I love working remotely and I love working in different coffee shops. So today's step to success is an app, of course, and of course it has to do with productivity because I'm such a productivity junkie. It's called Coffitivity and I've linked it in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 048. And Coffitivity is an app that emulates the sounds of a coffee shop and um, they have researched this back this up and they have different tracks of coffee or cafe sounds like something called morning murmur it's a gentle hum that gets the day started or lunchtime lounge which is bustling chatter of the lunchtime rush not really my thing but um, it's pretty cool though you'll have to sample some of the tracks that are available on the site and on the app there is a premium option as well, and they have other tracks that you can access, such as Paris Paradise, which is described as energizing ambiance from the City of Lights. And then Brazil Bistro is the musical chatter of a Brazilian coffee house. I don't know what exactly that is, but you can check it out. And so they have done research that um, some ambient noise is conducive to creative cognition, according to a peer-reviewed study 
out of the University of Chicago. So they talk a little bit about this and they've linked the study that is actually proven by research. So if you want to listen to something else other than music and have your creativity stimulated, check out Coffitivity. And now, Life and Business Connect with the Dancer's Dialect. The dancer's dialect is the dancer's language. I share dance concepts and dance terminology across different genres so you can see the correlations in your life and in your business. So it takes two to tango, right? I thought it was appropriate to share this word in the dancer's dialect for this session because of my interview coming up with the incredible Homer and Christina Ladas of the Organic Tango School. And in doing these interviews, it turns out that a lot of the guests want to try tango, but haven't, me included. I have not tried this dance form, and I'm looking forward to one of these days learning this and dancing this. It's such a beautiful dance. And I just love that there are different styles. I love the music. I love the different nuances. And just the whole partnering aspect is very intriguing to me. I just recently found out as I was putting this session together that December 11th was National Tango Day in Argentina. So I've linked a quick video clip in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 048 and has, it's very, very, uh, it's a very quick short video about this celebration that they had. And it just looked like a lot of fun. And it recently took place in Argentina, although I'm sure other places throughout the world celebrated it as well. I love the close embrace and the hold that is required in tango. At the same time, I kind of fear it because it means that you have to be open and vulnerable with a partner, which I have to admit, in other areas of my life, it is difficult for me. It is difficult for me to be open and vulnerable. But it's something that I'm working on and learning because it's required in any type of dance, you just cannot be closed off. You have to be open and you have to be vulnerable because the expression from within that dance requires has to come out. So Tango is a great reminder for me that this is required and that there are just areas in your life that you have to take the risk to be open and to be vulnerable. And now anything goes with Freestyle Flow. What's on your mind today, Annette? The gratitude groove is on my mind. This came to me as I was doing dishes this morning. I thought maybe this could be a segment, another segment like Freestyle Flow. And I could just call it the gratitude groove where I talk about what I'm thankful for for that day. It's always good to be thankful for things, don't you think, right? Regardless of what's going on in your life, it's always good to remember all the little things and big things that you're thankful for. So in our Freestyle Flow segment today, I am going to talk about the gratitude groove. Maybe I'll think of a different name. I don't know. That kind of sat with me as, as I was doing the dishes today, this morning. So five things that I am grateful for for today is number one, my Vitamix blender. I know, silly, kind of. Well, not really, because I used to have a Black & Decker and one of those, you know, those cheap blenders that are like less than $20. <laughs> I know they do, they do the trick too, but I really, really appreciate my Vitamix blender because I use it to make my smoothies every morning after my workouts. 99% of the time, my breakfast after my workout is a smoothie. And so I use water. Sometimes I'll use almond milk or coconut water, just kind of depending, but I use water most of the time just because I have some other 
fat in it already, like coconut oil or some type of nut butter. So I use that and greens and celery and chia seeds and raw cacao powder and berries. And so it is great. I it, It's so such my habit now for the last couple months. That's really all I have 99% of the time. So I love my Vitamix blender. Number two, I'm grateful for the clever comments that my son cracks me up with on a daily basis. The other day, I forgot what the conversation was about. Oh, it's something about giving me a fancy experience or a fancy meal experience. And so I asked him, well, what does that mean? Like, what does fancy mean to you? And he said, oh, well, how about Lunchables in the Oval Office? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I thought that, that totally cracked me up. He says stuff like that all the time to me, and he just keeps me laughing all the time. The third thing that I am thankful for today are extra hot beverages on a cold day. As the weather's getting colder, I love extra hot beverages. The funny thing, though, is I don't frequent or I, I like I said, I work out of coffee shops, but I don't buy the drinks that I normally bought, bought before. Like I used to always get the different flavored lattes and drinks and stuff. And most of the time now I order Americanos with room for cream. And then I add my own stevia that I bring in my purse. Because <laughs> a lot of times they don't have uh, the organic stevia or raw stevia. So I just bring my own. But a lot of times that's what I'm having now. But I love extra hot beverages on a cold day. The fourth thing that I'm thankful for today is having entrepreneurial friends, regardless of where they are at in their business. I feel it's such a privilege for me to watch them grow and to try new things and to learn. And even when they, I don't want to say fail, but they don't have the results they're necessarily looking for, I learn so much from them and I learn from their successes. And it's so gratifying for me too, if I can help them in any way. So I love having entrepreneurial friends who are in pursuit of their passions and uh, what fuels them. And it's just so exciting, regardless if it's dance related or not. I just absolutely love having friends that just go for it and are in pursuit of different things. The fifth thing that I am grateful for today, which initially I have to say I was fearful of, the opportunity to dance in a showcase after not performing on a stage in over 20 years. Yes, (laughs) it's been that long. I have the uh, opportunity to dance a short lyrical contemporary piece in the snow holiday showcase that is going to be at Boogie Zone Utopia in Torrance, where I take class. And there's going to be a great lineup. There's a, mu- uh, there's a bunch of different types of performances and dance styles. And I'm <laughs> surprised that I'm actually dancing in this, actually. My, um, one of my teachers is, it was actually the one that pushed me to do this. It wasn't my idea. And so I kind of had no choice in a way. <laughs> but anyway, I'm really thankful for the opportunity. And um, I'm thankful to Justin Edmondson of Exclusive Movement Foundation, who choreographed this piece on me and made it intentional in terms of the music and the lyrics and the movement. And so I'm so incredibly grateful for the opportunity and actually grateful for the fact that it's going to get me out of my comfort zone since it's been way too long. So anyway, if you are in the greater Los Angeles area, it's this Sunday, December 20th, um, if you are listening to this session as it is being released this week. Otherwise, um, 
in a future session, I'll probably talk about my experience with this performance after not performing in front of an audience for so long. So I'm really thankful for this opportunity to dance in this showcase and to support the studio that has been so um, instrumental in getting me back into the dance world. So if you can make it, um, that would be fantastic because the the uh, proceeds go to support the studio and some repairs and that kind of thing that need to be done. Different things for the studio. Every uh, business needs upkeep and repairs and that kind of thing. So it's really important to be able to support the things that you love. So um, it's it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be great. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. So this is the necessary intro before the actual interview, because when I was doing the interview and I was thinking in the back of my mind, I need to make sure that I'm pronouncing Homer and Christina's last name correctly. And I forgot. So I found out afterwards, after we stopped recording, that their last name is pronounced Ladas. And I said Ladas. So I apologize, Homer and Christina, again, my apologies. But I wanted to make sure if you're listening and those of you obviously listening right now, it's Homer and Christina Ladas of the Organic Tango School. And I really hope you enjoy this interview. I had such a great time talking with them. And they are such a great couple. And I'm so looking forward to meeting them in person one of these days. And also learning more about this beautiful art form called tango. I am so thrilled to be bringing you my first dance couple interview and couple meaning that they are, yes, a couple, but they are also dance partners and business partners. And it's amazing how things work out because I was referred to them by someone who was at a business conference at the same business conference I was at. However, I have never met the guy. (laughs) He found me online and he referred this awesome couple to me. And so I was reading about them and very intrigued by their story and their background and how they transitioned to dance full time. And so I'm so thrilled to introduce Homer and Christina Lattis to you. They are the founders of the Organic Tango School. They offer instructional videos, private lessons of tango, different types of tango. And they've been all over the world teaching, choreographing, performing. And um, they have a really interesting story. I'm excited to get into these questions. Thank you so much, Homer and Christina, for joining me. How are you guys? Great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You know, I've had a number of guests on the podcast express interest in trying tango. That seems to be the style that everybody (laughs) wants to try, but they haven't, including myself. (laughs) Right. Can you you tell us how you guys got started um, also about your background, because I found your backgrounds very interesting because it was so not dance related, <laughs> not dance related, because Homer, you being a you know an engineer and Christina, you having your degrees in public administration and criminal justice and then, you know, running a business. And so all of that. And then you guys are now doing dance as a business full time. Do you mind telling us about that and that journey? Um, I'll start. Um, first of all, thank you for having us, Annette. We're happy to be here awesome. and thank sharing you. our story with you. Um, so basically for, for myself, um, it was the time when I just finished uh, my graduate degree from UC Berkeley, and it was in public administration. And then suddenly I found myself um, having a little bit of free time. And 
at this point, I was already managing um, our freight forwarding business. It's a family business. Um, but I suddenly I have my evenings free. So I thought, well, maybe I should take up dancing since I've never had any dance lessons. So I went to a ballroom school in Daly City here in the Bay Area. I signed up for a hustle class, but then I arrived early and I caught the tail end of a tango class that was being taught um, by my first tango teacher, would-be. So anyway, I ended up not taking any hustle classes because I saw how tango was being danced and the music to me was very familiar because my parents in the Philippines used to play tango music. So I was awesome. already, yeah, I was already familiar with the music, but it was my first time seeing the dance and I knew immediately that it was not a choreography. Um, so anyway, I was so intrigued by it that I I went back the following week and started taking many classes here and also going out dancing. And then, um, and it was, so it was my hobby or an obsession because I, even <laughs> though I was working for my family business, I would, you know, almost every day go out dancing or every day take classes. And then at some point, um, I met Homer probably in the fifth year or sixth year of my dance life. Um, and at that time, I was already assisting some of my teachers in their classes, but I had really no prior teaching experience. But once um, uh, I started seeing Homer and we got married, I started um, assisting him more and more. And then that assistance turned into co-teaching to now we are pretty much colleagues in, ter um, in terms of being teachers. Um, we're both strong teachers in the dance. And, um, and so far, we're still married. <laughs> Besides being dance partners and work partners. <laughs> so I'm happy about that. <laughs> and growing in tango together as well as in life. So it's pretty well, good deal. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome to see this because, you know, you have this commonality. You have these different backgrounds, but you have this commonality of dance and you've made it work together very well. So it's real yeah. cool to see. Thanks. Um, yeah, so for me, my parents immigrated from Greece and they had a um, pretty hard lifestyle and they um, managed to be relatively successful. But they said, um, you can do anything you want, but first do something in math or science. And so I took that literally and I became an engineer and then I pursued other interests. I had um, also moved from the East Coast to Arizona and I had dropped the martial arts background I had and I was looking for another hobby, um, taking art classes and other things. And there was just a sign on a cubicle wall for Argentine tango. I said, what the heck, I'll try it. I had a dance friend, a young dance friend who said she'd be my partner. Um, I was kind of geeky and, and not very social, but uh, I thought I'd try it. And in the first class, I really liked it, and I realized how new it was. It was the first time my teachers were teaching tango, and in general, tango was a new idea, relatively new idea in the United States. Um, actually, globally, it was just kind of emerging from a, a long hibernation period. And um, so I, I got obsessed. I all of a sudden had a social life. 
um, was very popular with the older women because basically I was the youngest one at the time and I was in my twenties and, um, I was, I was happy. Um, and I quickly moved to Los Angeles from Tucson where I could take even more classes. Uh, but most of the teachers were stage dancers and they, and I tried to help them because we couldn't reconcile what we would learn with our partners doing the choreography and then taking that to the social dance floor. It just didn't work. It didn't even work with our, our, the same partner we took the class with. It didn't work with anyone else. We couldn't do this 20 step pattern with someone two feet in front of us. So I started actually um, helping them in, in their classes and a couple of teachers frowned upon that and said, just show them the steps. Don't try to teach them anything else. So I wound up teaching for free out of my house after a year and four months of learning dance just because I wanted people to connect better socially. And after eight weeks, the class got so big, I moved it to the gym I was working out at. And I actually had to charge money to rent the floor space. And um, it kept going from there. I moved back to Arizona and I would work as an engineer during the day. And at night I teach uh, four classes a week at a, a, a live work studio situation that I had. Um, and then I wound up moving back to LA to make a long story short. Uh, I met Christina and um, decided to go full time. I actually took a leave of absence from work thinking I'd get it out of my system and I'd go back to being an engineer, which I really liked. I, I still think about that switch. But um, yeah, I never, I became so overwhelmed with work that I never went back. <laughs> 14 <laughs> years later, I'm still teaching tango full time. <laughs> Well, it's such a beautiful art form. And that the thing with dance is it's so encompassing and so, oh God, it's just such a beautiful art form and you can't help but be so immersed in it and love it so much. You know, I know you two understand that. Um, can you tell us what you've had to work on, the both of you on your business partnership, you know, being married and working on a business, teaching together and that kind of thing. What what have you learned? What What have been some lessons that you'd like to share with us in terms of that, you know, working with your partner? Well, for me, right off the bat, right off the bat, it, it's it's really the the respect has has to be always uh, prioritized. The respect um, as being equals in the in the dance, skill wise, and also um, in terms of dancing and in terms of teaching, um, we needed to recognize each other as complete equals in that in that realm um, <clears throat> I, I think also Homer and I um, we made a conscious decision that um, even though we are dance partners and we are business partners our marriage will always come first and um, one cannot help but you know, because we are always traveling together and we're always working together, we're always together. So it's also very easy to blur the, the boundaries of being in a personal relationship and then being in a work relationship. So we had to really make that conscious choice that uh, no matter what happens, our personal relationship would always come come first. And if the work relationship is not working, then um, we, we need to choose the personal relationship over that. So, and, and so far it's been working because also I think because of that respect and that is present. And I think also because um, we both know each other's strengths and weaknesses. 
So we try to balance each other. I mean, he's very strong on certain parts of the business end and the work end. And and I'm the same way. There are areas that I'm also strong in. And we just try to complement each other. Yeah, very well said. <laughs> yes, it is very well said. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I always wanted Christina to have a strong voice and um, I tried to give her lots of space so she could grow into that uh, place and she has become a powerhouse and uh, a very strong voice and now she's, I think she's kind of the lead of most things that we do. So <laughs> it's very exciting for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so important that, Christina, that you brought up the respect and the priorities and realizing that everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses and balancing that out. And I think the effort, because you you both are committed, obviously, to your personal relationship, but committed to the business. So that all works in tandem together. And I think that's what makes you guys a strong team. So I, I definitely see that. Um, can you guys tell us about uh, what the didactic videos are, how you came up with the content for those, and you know what the purpose of those are in your training? Sure. Um, as a former engineer, I wanted to use technology as a resource, and my students were have a hard, having a hard time remembering what they were learning. So when YouTube came out, I said, look, just record me. Um, I'm not afraid to give away the material because you still have to work hard to understand it but get it on film um, so you can practice it. I'm also, not, or get it on video so you can practice it. I'm also not embarrassed to make mistakes. I have very little ego in the whole process. So go ahead and, and you know, shoot a YouTube video, post it, make it public. As long as you're not trying to sell it for profit, hopefully you can be inspired at a minimum. And then uh, perhaps you'll even help you, it'll help you remember the material in the class. Um, we did not foresee that it would become a global experience where people around the world would start to watch the videos. Um, it's still not the best way to learn if you've never had the class, but I think if you've, if you've had any classes with us, um, it helps to review the, and, and it helps with the learning process. We're very fortunate that we, we have a friend who, who's also taken many classes with us. Um, he is actually the one who is responsible for posting um, most of the didactic videos we have on YouTube um, under the name Tango Student. And um, uh, a lot of people have mentioned that maybe it, um, it's a marketing ploy, but it may have become that now or recently, but really the, the main purpose of um, putting up those videos were really for the students who have taken classes from us. And it's supposed to be um, a review tool for them. But, it, um, but as part of it becoming a marketing tool, um, one of the advantages of that is whoever or whatever community is interested in having us teach in their community they have an idea of who we are already before we they even invite us. And they can make a decision whether they want us to go to their community and, and, and teach. So I think it's a great resource because I'm finding, um, I was just in a discussion with some, um, another dancer and we were talking about the fact that there are so many teachers now that just kind of teach at you and they don't necessarily provide you with additional resources or taking your training beyond just the class. I think a lot of that, too, is 
the, the desire of the students who want to continue learning and making sure that that they're continuing their dance education. And, you know, that's a whole discussion in itself. But I think it's so cool that you guys offer that because it's just another value add to your training. And so I think I think it's great. It's it's awesome that you've been able to use technology to continue teaching even when you're not physically there. So right. that's, that's really cool. Um, what would you say about, um, I, I found it very interesting with the, um, in your philosophy about tango, about the four branches of tango awareness. Can you talk about that self partner music and surroundings? I want to know what your thoughts are on that. Sure. I'm glad that you did your homework first of all. <laughs> You guys are so interesting. Of course, I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah. they're such an interesting couple. I'm going to love this. Cool. Uh, yeah, our, there's a lot of intel on us online, and our website's kind of like an encyclopedia at this point. Probably needs to get streamlined. But um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about both the physical practice and kind of the psychological, um, emotional, social, uh, how the brain works, and uh, philosophical. Um, from a philosophical standpoint, uh, there are four branches of tango awareness, yourself, your partner, the music and your surroundings. And you sort of have to have all of them at the same time. At least three have to be on autopilot if you're focused on one. But in order to be a self-actualized dancer, social dancer, that is, where you're improvising in a room with other people, trying to follow the line of dance, um, and while paying attention to the music and your partner, you need all these things to coexist. Um, it's kind of hard to work on them Separately, there are some exercises that you can do or uh, work on maybe, you know, combining two at a time, um, but they're very important for your uh, self-actualization. Yeah, we, um, we, we are trying to present the idea that when you take a tango class, um, our hope is that it's not just about the self-awareness or partner awareness that you're going to be learning or that you're going to be studying. But we are, tr we are trying to instill this idea that those four levels are constantly present, um, even in a class setting. And we try to integrate those four levels um, uh, as much as possible so that when you are out there in the social dance floor dancing, it's not going to be so um, difficult to try to, to integrate those four levels. Do you find that your students um, get that when you talk about that or does it depend on the demographic? Like what would you say the majority of your demographic is that take that take your classes and and how do you see them progress? And does it depend on how often they take the classes or what would you say about that? Um. It depends where we go, and we do travel a lot, but we do see a wide demographic from people in their 20s to people in their 70s, um, maybe a little older, um, and maybe the, the two are averaged together. So um, it's a, it is a generally older average social dance crowd compared to the blues scene or swing scene, I would, I would venture from my experience. Um, most people I find get it. Most people, even beginners, when I tell them there are four branches of tango awareness, the first one is self. Can you guess what the other one is? And I can lead them in, into it and they'll, they'll figure out at least partner in music. And then someone who's enlightened will think about their surroundings and go, oh, that, that must be one of them also. So it's uh, fairly common that people connect with it. Um, you know, I didn't, 
it's not like I invented it. This idea, I think, was there. I just tried to put it in words or a philosophy. <laughs> but it really kind of makes sense. So that's why it's, yes. it's a useful tool. So th those sorts of philosophical tidbits that make a lot of sense are the ones we try to keep. Um, just like the three C's of tango. You probably read about that. Yes, yes. I loved it. I loved how you guys were so detailed with everything that it wasn't just about the movement and choreography and it was so much more than that. And I, I just love that you guys have made this tango experience, which I'm excited to try one of these days, such um, it just embodies everything, you know, and I think it helps that you guys have such diverse backgrounds and you've brought that in obviously to your business, running your business, your teaching, your partnership. So it's, it's really cool to see. I love it. Um, what would you say about how you guys balance out your other interests with tango? Like I know you DJ, right? And you do aerial stuff and you guys have a lot of interest. So how do you balance that out with teaching tango, traveling and all that? I think, I think we are constantly working on finding a good balance. Um, uh, maybe we should give her a background. Um, up until a year ago, Homer and I were actually traveling so much, um, three times a month or sometimes every weekend of the month. And, wow. <laughs> and then and and when we when we go to Europe in the summer, we're gone twelve to fifteen weeks, pretty much the whole summer. And and so and we did that for a number of years and and we were really reaching the burnout zone. Burnout physically, emotionally, mentally. And just the, the rigors of, of travel itself was just taking a toll on us. And so um, I think I, uh, last summer, a year ago, we decided we, we can't. This is not sustainable. We're going to end up really burning out and it's not going to help our business because we're going to be burned out teachers and then we're not going to be learning anymore. Um, so we decided, okay, let's let's cut back on the travel. Let's try to make it sustainable because we make most of our income through the travel work. Um, so we, we tried to come up with a formula that we are testing now. We are in transition. We travel once or sometimes twice a month and we... And, and, and then we do local work. We teach group classes, private lessons. Um, we also have a, a special advanced seminar, which is for more experienced dancers. And we have that once a month. And so we're trying to nurture our, our local presence through these kinds of work. And, and we find that when we are not traveling so much, A, we're, we're much more relaxed. There's less stress. B, we can take actually the time and the opportunities to explore our other interests, such as me doing yoga, us um, doing aerial training together, we, uh, which is very, very helpful in, in many levels. And, um, and then and, and Homer um, feels more uh, relaxed to be able to DJ. Because we are not under constant pressure of which city is next. Mm -hmm. um, different bedroom, different bathroom, different language, different public transportation platform, different, different, different community. So, um, so it was very stressful. So now we can actually have the time to be more at home and be grounded. 
physically mm-hmm. and emotionally. Um, yeah, you know, we do like travel once we're actually in a location. It's very exciting. But um, when you string weekends together, it does become a little bit unbalanced. And I don't think people were supposed to uh, live like that. I don't think we've evolved <laughs> to that space yet where we can absorb so many changes constantly in our lifestyles. So we're looking for more balance. It's tough financially because travel uh, usually gives 100 to 200% more income than staying at home as a general rule. Um, And so we're doing our best to kind of balance things locally. We really believe in pursuing other things outside of tango. By the way, DJing is really part of tango. It's um, I was also playing music for about 12 years. So Uh, I have a lot of vested ideas in the tango itself, but outside of tango, I've tried many side hobbies from barefoot jogging uh, to aerials right now. And um, it's very balancing for me to not only be a student uh, um, and learn something new, but uh, also for the health, my mental and physical well-being. Uh, Yes, yes, I agree. How do you guys um, market your advanced seminar and your local events? Is it just word of mouth or what? how, how are you guys getting the word out about um, your local training? That's a good question. Sometimes we don't do the best job. But, um, <laughs> sometimes, I mean, tango is the world, the business world of tango is a little fickle from the standpoint that it's an open market. Uh, even friends who were many of our friends are teachers and organizers, traveling teachers, whatever. We don't tend to communicate very effectively. So there tends to be compound events on the same day, visiting teachers on the same weekend. And um, it's a challenge, especially in a very large community like San Francisco. But still, word of mouth is the top. Um, we use Facebook. We do email blasts sometimes. Uh, a long time ago, we used to use flyers, uh, and we might resort to that again. But um, really, the number one method is making an appearance somewhere, dancing with people, talking to people, uh, other students referring your classes. Um, we, we, it's a very small world, the tango world, and everyone knows each other yeah. more or less by you know oh, one okay. degree of separation, maybe. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of the, the advanced seminar, we use social media a lot, a lot, such as Facebook. And usually a lot of our students who come to the advanced seminar have taken our group classes from before. So they are familiar oh, okay. They are familiar with us already. And, of course, because we, we, we travel, um, usually folks will, from other close-by places like the South Bay or... Santa Cruz or Monterey will come for that seminar because usually Homer is very good at posting mm-hmm. and through newsletter or Facebook or through our website that these are the dates for, for that seminar. So they are they know ahead of time and they can plan accordingly. Uh, just, to, oh, okay. just to clarify, though, the advanced seminar is not actually um, a for-profit idea. It's really trying to give something back to the community. We charge very uh, affordable rates and give discounts for most people. So um, we make less than teaching a couple of private lessons if we're lucky uh, at the advanced seminar. Um, but from, but um, it may attract people to study with us privately. Uh, if nothing else, we're trying to give something back to the community because uh, ironically, we neither one of us did tango to make money. We did tango. We had other careers. We did tango because we love. We t- did tango full time because we love the dance so much. 
and we wanted to dance with other people. So the trick is to make it financially viable um, so we can continue to do it. But uh, again, we do it for other reasons, not for being celebrities, not for, for the income. Because there's not there's not a lot of money to be made. <laughs> I mean, I would have I would have stayed an engineer. You know, it's uh, pretty clear. <laughs> you know, I really appreciate that 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 you express that because in the dance world, I mean, things have gotten so commercialized, and just it's funny. Recently, I've been in conversations with people and um, directors of competition dance teams, you know, for younger kids and that kind of thing. And their focus, the parents' focus, is getting their child seen and getting them paid and they'll do whatever it takes. And it's not about dance as the art that it is, the um, development, the, you know, where you grow in so many other areas. And so I'm so thankful that you guys totally communicate that on your site of what tango means, what dance means, what you guys are about. So thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks. I have a set of quick questions I call the dancepreneuring quick steps. So you have to tell me quickly what comes to mind, okay? Very yeah. quick questions. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> so um, the dance style you haven't tried but would like to. Swing. Fusion. I said fusion. Fusion. Okay. What kind of fusion? Uh, just all kinds of like. Maybe the, the the idea of fusion now is mostly based on swing, but like a, any kind of fusion, just mixing uh, art forms. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Favorite dancer and why? <sighs> Barishnikov. <laughs> yeah. I admire his, uh, not only what he did in the dance ballet in modern world uh, and his own life where he defected, but um, he's a role model for a man who dances. Yes, I agree. For me, is Martha Graham. Oh, yes. I like her, too. I, I, I feel like she was given to us for a short time to show mm -hmm. and to tell the world yes. <laughs> about soul and dance. Dance style that describes your current day and why? Current day, you said? Yes, like as in right now. What dance style would you say describes your day right now? Describes your day. Ah, oh. well, for me, swing. It's kind of. Well, are you are you looking for adjectives for how we dance, or are you it talking? It could be, yeah, any kind, yeah, whatever. When you think of a dance style, like how your day is going, what dance style would correlate with that? Of all the dances that currently exist. Yes, or whatever that we don't know exists. <laughs> For me, swing, that's the dance style that right now um, describes my day because I'm, I'm fleeting one, from one thing to the other amidst the errands and, and the, ch <laughs> the chores I have to do today. But it's not, it's not, um, it's not on a negative note. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. so. I'd say either barefoot boogie or contact improv. <laughs> <laughs> I had someone say contact improv too. And, and um, like I've said before, the, the dance style that most of my guests want to try is tango. That's the one they haven't tried, and that's the one they want to try, including myself. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Internet. Uh, the, the website has it's... a contact link, which is my direct email. So that's the best way. Um, we have and, a Facebook presence, but... Right. And, um, you know... If, we always tell people because we don't carry business cards with us. 
if they want to contact us, Google Homer Tangle and different sites will come up and we'll point them to the right direction. Okay. And your site they can go to is the organictangoschool.org, right? Yes, that's correct. correct. Okay. And you guys have your Facebook page. Do you guys have an Instagram account too or Twitter? And no. Twitter? <laughs> we haven't we haven't delved in those realms. We're keeping it simple right <laughs> yes. now. Yes. Keep it simple. Yeah. yeah, because we don't want to manage any more than we can. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's it's it is very hard to learn tango and so very few people actually commit to it. The attrition right. rate is super high, uh, probably higher than most things I've I've seen or experienced. And um it's still again a small community, still word of mouth that is the biggest advertising. Um yeah, so we're not we haven't really thought about like mass marketing applications yet. Ah, okay. Well, well you're you are findable. Like you said, just search for your name and you guys are findable. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation learning more about you and your business and I'm excited to see what's coming up in the new year for you. I'm sure it's going to be exciting. Thank you. Thank you Annette Thank for you. having us. Thank you for having us. just lovely. I absolutely enjoyed my conversation with Homer and Christina Ladas. And my question to you now is what do you think makes a great partnership? I would love to get your feedback. And you can go to AnnetteBone.com forward slash 048 where you can also find the show notes to the session. And I would totally appreciate it if you could go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And specifically for iTunes, if you would do that in the Apple podcast app, that will help get the word out about the podcast. And I would love to give you a shout out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.